0: What would you do if I sang out of tune? (laughs) I didn't know that was going to follow Larry. (laughs) I don't know if that's serendipity or hell. but um, Depending on your age and experiences, my seeing those lines may conjure up The Beatles and Ringo Starr and Sgt. Pepper or Woodstock, Joe Cocker growling and possessed performance. Or maybe Mumford and Sons. They do a great cover and they play it at all their concerts. Would you stand up and walk out on me? The question is fraught with the dynamics of human relationship. If you don't fit in, if I'm awful, what will you think? What will you do? Will you leave? Shun me? And as you well know, the rest of the song moves on to why the question matters. I need someone. We need friends, relationships, and love. I'll get by with a little help from my friends. I'm not going to sing my way through this sermon. (laughs) I know you'll be relieved. (laughs) Instead, (laughs) this is going to be a participatory sermon. I need a lot of help from my friends. The theme for July is harmony, and making music and singing in harmony has useful metaphors for us this morning. Now, in order to have harmony, you have to have a starting place. You have to have some dominant note, a focus. And the unison sound is the organizing principle around which harmony is built. So, I couldn't find a tuning fork. Just want you to know you have a hip minister. Sort of, kind of. So... I invite everyone to hum the note. That particular sound is a specific frequency vibrating at a four forty. 440 cycles per second. 440 hertz. It's a concert, A eh? The note, the concert master, the first violinist, stands up and plays, and then all the instruments tune to that. If you sang an octave below, you were singing 220, or if you were a soprano and thought, I can sing above that. But still in unison, you were doing 880. I'd like to try it again, this time on ah. But what I want us to do, with gusto, is see how long you can keep that ah going. Okay, all you who claim you can't sing, we don't care if knowing facts helps you overcome shyness or fear, I have to say that I have yet to find research on any harmful or negative effects from singing. Instead, scientifically proven, not the religious hooey part, but the the science, shows that singing measurably decreases levels of stress, increases level of oxytocin, just happens to be the hormones of orgasms, among other things. (laughs) Human bonding. We'll put it that way. You wonder why the choir... I won't go there. (laughs) Singing helps regulate your heart rate, your breathing. It diminishes depression... Singing creates well-being, so we do it every Sunday. Alas, no study makes claims whether this feeling of well-being extends to your feelings toward your preacher and the sermon. Alas. But if you choose not to sing with us, just be an appreciative audience. So what we're going to do is sing Ah, and see if we can keep it going for a minute, let me give you that a now you don 't have to take deep breath. you can come back <laughs> in and out. seconds. We'll do that. We stayed in pitch. Joseph will be happy. I'm going to report back to him. They can all sing. I was curious how long we'd stay in unison. I was curious if we would change pitch, no longer singing exactly at 440. And if we didn't, sometimes A whole crowd will just adjust to whatever that new pitch is. Every choir knows that experience of singing a song, and by the end they're a whole pitch lower, but they're all together, by golly. (laughs) One common reason people say they come to Hope Church is they're looking for people like them. They're looking for people with similar worldviews, ideas, just like someone who can sing that 440 with you, seeking a unity to be in sync with others. Although, our individual theologies really are not in unison, our politics are not singular, our economic status, education, gender preferences, family situations and life experiences are not the same. So what is that unity we seek? Without sounding too simplistic, I think our humanness is that point of unity. It is straightforward, but not easy to accept the humanness of many who are different. We live in a society where skin color and nationality and language and weight, gender, wealth, privilege, power, can all determine whether you're treated as a full human. When a group of humans must repeatedly declare to the rest of us that black lives matter, they're demanding to have full human rights and we're not living up to our values. In Unitarian Universalist language, our values insist on the inherent worth and dignity of every human, every person. And it requires justice and equity and compassion in those human relations. When the state of Oklahoma locks up a world record number of women, yet women are no more criminal than men, we're not living up to our values of treating everyone as human. When anyone goes to bed at night regularly without enough food or having basic needs met, we're not living up to our values. Although when any two human beings are allowed to marry... We are living up to our values and being in unison. Since harmony is the theme and the idea we're working with, we'll borrow a fun technique from Boston-based composer and conductor Nick Page. Has anyone here gotten to sing or work under Nick Page? He travels in UU circles We'll use his no-fault harmony technique. He explains it's like no-fault driving insurance for music. With no-fault harmony, your task is to find a note that just sounds good. When it doesn't sound good anymore, find a new note. And if you sing the wrong note, what would you do if I sang out of tune? It's nobody's fault We won't be making perfect four-part harmony. It should be 10, 50, 100-part harmony. And so what we'll do is we'll start with our now familiar 440A and sing the word love on that note. And when you feel moved, find a different note. You can even find a different word that speaks to you like joy or hope or ice cream or a name like John or Susan. Anything that encompasses love. And if the note sounds wrong, just keep changing it until you find a new note. Love. was terrific (laughs) we made harmony I'm imagining we could go on a good deal longer finding and singing harmonies since the time of the ancient Greeks we've known that two tones whose frequencies are related with a simple ratio like two to one which is an octave or three to two perfect fifth produces pleasing musical intervals. And this, isn't, this doesn't come about because of culture or musical training. Infants, even monkeys, can hear the difference in harmony. Scientists have studied whether these pleasing harmonies are easier, easier on the ears because of the way the sound waves combine or the way our brains convert them to musical impulses. We are, our brains are hardwired to hear and enjoy harmony. The brain image lights up when we listen to harmonies. The great 20th century violinist Yehudi Menuhin explains, music creates order out of chaos. For rhythm imposes unanimity upon the divergent, Melody imposes continuity upon the disjointed, and harmony imposes compatibility upon the incongruous. Many fields, not just music, use the term harmony to describe a balance of disconnected things. It's an ideal for beauty. The Greek philosopher and mathematician Theon of Smyrna wrote an essay in the second century connecting math, astronomy, and the theory of musical harmony. And he called it mathematics useful for reading Plato. Music is the harmonization of opposites, the unification of disparate things, and the reconciliation of warring elements. Music as they say, is the basis of agreement among things in nature and of the best government in the universe. As a rule, it assumes the guise of harmony in the universe, of lawful government in a state, and of a sensible way of life in the home. It brings together and unites. So it's harmony that imposes compatibility upon the incongruous. It brings together and unites. At its root, harmony means to join. But in Greek, the word harmony means with heart, concord, with heart. So our common humanity isn't enough to just create unity and fairness. It takes every single one of our human capacities to think, reason, and feel, and then harmonize with our heart, with love. We integrate all this conflicting data that we receive and then create harmony through the energies of love, the energy that allows us both distance and the capacity to stay together in harmonic relationships our covenant we're speaking that harmony so if love is our central organizing principle specifically at hope and with our larger Unitarian Universalist brothers and sisters our best human natures lead us to stand on the side of love our love looks beyond divisions of belief of race and of identity love is what gets us up in the morning. Love is what we use to identify and repair broken parts of the world. Love is what lives beyond death. I need somebody to love. I've been listening to interviews with Mirabai Bush. Does that name ring a bell? You may have heard of her because she created the wildly popular employee program at Google called Search Inside Yourself. Mirabai went to India in 1972 to study, and after much work, her teacher said, you go back to the U.S. and you teach. So for the past 40 years, she's been training employees of her own company and others in corporate America how to apply meditation in contemplation practices to make them happier and as a byproduct, more successful. She works with educators and judges, company presidents, employees, social activists, and most recently, soldiers. And her work is about how to bring mindfulness into our secular modern life. And she talks about how teaching for 40 years has been, and she says she at first she couldn't use the L word. She couldn't use the word love to talk about what she was teaching. Like many of our religious and spiritual terms, it's been overused, oversimplified, oversweetened. But she has a good definition that we'll use. She says love is when someone's heart Opens. And this is when things can really begin to change. She says, I've been more and more willing to take the risk to offer these meditation practices, even in the very secular working situations. Because people really want to be loved, it turns out. And it's always edges on sounding like a Hallmark card. But I have found it to be very powerful. People really want to be loved. This rings powerfully true to me in my own life and as my vantage point as your minister. And our job is to open our hearts to all that is human within us the good and the terrible. And it doesn't mean we don't hold people accountable. Love doesn't mean we accept destructive behavior or cruelty. It means we regulate our own actions and words with love and awareness. So harmony describes a loving quality of relationships with one heart. We can't enter into a relationship without otherness and that connection, that harmony between us that invisible thread, that thing that our speakers struggle to define, soul, whatever is between us, is love. We're going to get by with a little help from our friends. With love we can find the harmony, let go of the part of ourselves that struggles in the relationship, we can compromise and surrender and trust and blend. And with love, we can create the most powerful and beautiful music together. So we're going to try our no-fault harmony on Hymn 95. So pull out your hymnal. What we'll do is we'll sing it once in unison, Chris will play along. And then the second time round, use that no fault harmony skill, sing with love, and create your own harmonies. There is more love somewhere. That's all. Just that verse. Oh, you want to keep going? Okay. No, we won't. We'll sing it next time. It is a great hymn. So I say there's more love somewhere. May it be so.